Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burnt Orange Nation. You can find more great Texas sports coverage at burntorangenation.com. And as you listen, it would mean a lot to us if you leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps a ton with visibility. Share this with your friends, your coworkers, somebody you know loves, Texas Longhorns football. And finally, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you found today's podcast. I am joined this week, like I am every week, by my very good friend, a man who's sitting there feeling like a rap god, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how you doing this week? I'm doing brilliantly. We won a, a rivalry game. The, the University of Texas Longhorns defeated their uh, newest but most blood-feuding rival, Kansas. The Kansas Jayhawks. We finally got a W. It's been two long years since we got a W against Kansas, which is a ridiculous thing to have to say. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was nice. I assume that means no one will ever troll me on, on the internet with, um, but did you see that? Kansas beat Texas in football, but I doubt that will happen. But nonetheless, it's good. It's a good start. It's good. So we alluded to it. We're going to talk a lot about Texas's win over Kansas. It may not have been as a as big of a victory as we once thought. We'll also dive a bit into West Virginia. You know, as Coach Herman said in his Monday presser, Texas has got to win one that they shouldn't at the end of the year to get to a bowl and let these seniors have a spot. And then we'll also hit slightly on some other sports. Texas had a pretty big week on the non-football sports. But let's get started and talk about Kansas. So 42-27 to 27 win at home over Kansas. It started off similarly as it did to last year. Is that a word similarly? I don't know if we're going to roll with it. But it started in a similar fashion as it did to a year ago with a long touchdown pass. And then just like it did last year, Kansas just hung around. And so finally, Texas was able to put them away late, come away with a 42 to 27 victory over the Kansas Jayhawks. So Kyle, what were your, what are your initial impressions of this game? Well, I will say this. Um, I was, I was with a couple friends from college and we said, you know, it's a college football Saturday. We all made time. We made plans. We started uh, at, with the 11 o'clock slate of games, uh, drinking just a little bit, uh, making ridiculous prop bets and uh, and having a great time. We all settled in seriously and tried to drink a coffee and get our wits about us because this is serious business. The uh, the Texas Longhorn football, uh, and it's not supposed to be fun. Our last few years have taught us that. But uh, but yeah, I uh, in that mindset, um, a few a few beers in. Um, I, uh, I thought for a second, this was going to be great. The, uh, the opening play, I was like, man, it's good. We're, we're back. We're the Joneses. Um, then I realized that actually Texas has scored, uh, against Kansas on the first play of the game, three consecutive years. And one of those years they won handily, um, after a, a long touchdown, uh, they beat them by like, uh, I don't know, 39 or 40 points. Uh, and then last year that resulted in us losing. So I quickly got a pit in my stomach and it didn't really get resolved ever. Um, I, I never had that sinking no. feeling of, oh my gosh, uh, no, this, this can't happen again. Right. This, this, this can't, um, there were a couple, a couple highlights, a couple things that were good. Um, a couple things that were very average and, and I guess, in the current state, that's okay. You know, I'll take average <laughs> over uh, very bad. And there's a couple things that you want to see, uh, see better and you want to see progression and you want to see things that, you know, you, you did in week three that you're not doing uh, this late in the season, because that's, that's what football is. It's a game of uh, progressions and, and adjustments and, and tweaking things. But um, ultimately glad we got the victory. I hope 
that it's not some greater indictment on who this team is or what the ceiling is on on how good they're going to be. Um, what do you think? It was a lot closer than it should have been, I think. Um, Kansas, weirdly, has always played Texas tough. Like It seems like there are those years where like 04, when, when you know, Vince's first year in the limelight, he had to put up a pretty big effort to not lose to Kansas. So it's it's always like it's those guys Super Bowl. Like you go you go and play Texas. Uh, and you want to come out and win that game. So they've they got a great coach. They're obviously just out-talented. You're not going to get a ton of top-tier talent going to Kansas, but you know if you can do what Gary Patterson did at TCU and take a bunch of random Island of Misfit Toys kids and turn them into something good, then you'll start to build momentum. But it, it looked good, but not great, I would say. It looked okay in spots, like you said. I think the offensive line continues to be my my biggest point of frustration they couldn't keep a consistent pocket you saw what happens when they do is Bouchelle can can you know just lob it to whoever one of the six foot six two six four receivers that that he has and just make some magic happen but um they couldn't they, they were in max protect yeah. and couldn't couldn't keep a defender out you know you you move uh Chris Warren to H back full back and we'll talk about that more a little bit and he still couldn't couldn't get it done so Kyle what was what was you know the the running game struggled the passing game struggled the offensive line struggled Kyle what was what stuck out to you as kind of the biggest uh, thing that they need to improve coming off of this game? Well, I think you know I'm tired of saying the offensive line, um, but I I just that's it you know I think um, I think one of the big things maybe if we if we get uh, some of these hurt guys back including Connor um Connor Williams that that will be huge um but I mean the line just showed a general yet again inability giving up the sacks uh three giving up the tackles for loss um they tried sitting stationary and Kansas you know got pressure they actually uh put put Bouchelle on his back a couple times they tried uh rolling out moving the moving the pocket which this line is incapable of for whatever reason um that didn't work. So I just don't really know what it is. Um, our running game got going a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I like Tennille Carter and, and young, um, they have, they have talent. They have flashes of talent. They have a lot of upside and they have a long time to develop into it. So I'm not asking too much for them. Uh, I'm kind of over the Kyle Porter experiment and, and I'm very interested in your thoughts um, on Chris Warren at, at H back, but that's something new. So I'm not going to be upset about that. He may have had his faults in that position, but I'm uh, I'm excited that we're trying things at the very least. They seem to have found the perfect spot for his penchant to run into defenders in the backfield like that. <laughs> that's the perfect spot for him. Uh, it's what it's his job now. So I think it's good. And, and he looked like he, he still had a lot of a learning curve. You know, it's the first time he's played this Herman hit on it again, in his, his Monday presser. They're not going to give him a ton to do because there are three weeks left in the season and it's a brand new position he's never played before in, in his entire right. career. So I think, however, I think a guy like Chris Warren, who is what, six two six three two fifty, like he's enormous. Um, so it, it makes sense for him to be in that spot. He's, he's one of those guys that if he continues to play running back, he'll, he'll never have a shot to play after right. college. But I think this move for him career wise could be a smart move. You see a guy like Tyrone swoops who probably will be on, on an active roster next year, you know, as a practice squad guy this year, cause he'd never played right. tight end before, but he'll, he'll, he'll be on an active roster next year. So I think 
it's good, and especially it gives them that ability to run these, you know, those back those backside wheel routes that OU scored the go ahead touchdown on. That's a that's a play that Chris Warren can capitalize on, and that actually happened on on Saturday. He didn't score, but he he caught one out in the backfield that looked pretty good. It's it's kind of odd if you would have asked me last year what the most dangerous Chris Warren you know part of his game was. I would not have uh, said coming out of the backfield, uh, getting upfield on on wheel routes or, or you know screen passes, but uh, that's really where he's been most dangerous. So I like that we can still use that. And I, I again, hate to say this out loud and uh, on a recording, but uh, I would love to copy the way OU uses their H-back or fullback. That's really been their secret one of uh, their secret weapons over the past decade. Uh, they've just had some incredible guys. They got guys in the NFL play in that position because uh, they do it as good or, or better than anyone in the country. Uh, that's enough good stuff about that team. But uh, yeah, I would love for Texas in this Tom Herman office, which loves to use H backs to, uh, to really get a trademark. You know, we've for a long time been uh, running back you or, or, or D back you or whatever. Let's uh, let's go ahead and be uh, H back you. Why not go ahead? Let's add another moniker. One other, one other stat though, uh, that I did think we had to had to point out um, when Texas started drives outside of the Kansas twenty three yard line, which is very which specific. is not great. Yeah, statistics require some specificity to get them just right, um, which is not great field position. I'll give you that. Uh, they had a four for fourteen success rate, which is which is not very good um, because Kansas's defense is very bad. I believe you pointed out. Um, Earlier, are they 102nd in the nation? Was that what I heard? They're 110th in the nation. Oh, sorry, I give them too much credit. Um, so that's that's a that's a team that you should just be. That's target practice at that point. That's a team that you are sharpening the knives against. You know, that's it's that's a stat not, game. It it should be. Uh, Lorenzo Joe got that that message. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe played the best game of his career. Yep. Um, you know, he again out athlete, which you don't get to do against all the other Big Twelve teams. Um, he just was a better, bigger, faster, stronger guy. Um, but he was the only one who actually did that. He was the only one who played bully ball. So good for him. Uh, 10, 10 out of your 14, you know, long drive potentials stalling out is not, is not good enough. And, uh, you can blame that on the play calling, but I think ultimately you have to blame it on the, on the guys who are out there executing. Um, I I don't, I don't know. Quarterback's obviously going to be a, be a big, point of conversation coming out of this because uh ellinger seemed to be healthy healthy enough that he got two snaps but he was completely out snapped by bushell uh he only got those two snaps uh bushell looked i don't know mediocre i guess i would say um he had one interception and another that almost was that if they got it would have been a pick six and would have made this a really interesting and uncomfortable game um what do you think about the quarterbacks well you you see a guy like like Ellinger coming off of a concussion, you don't want to give him too much. This was something again that came out in the the Monday presser that Ellinger didn't do a ton in pads this last week, so he was not he was kind of rusty for lack of a better term on uh, on contact. So they didn't want him to get too much uh, too much extra tread on the tire or wear on the tires where where he hasn't gotten that that those practice reps in where you know the other two guys that were coming back from concussions were able to practice in full pads. So you don't want to lose a guy like that, especially with two weeks left in the season. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally get that. And I actually, you know, 
it was a little bit odd. I mean, I liked it, but we've been calling out kind of back all, all year about he needs to dry this, he needs to run this. Why can we all see that he needs to run these types and he's not? But it's weird that he had to pull him out for Kansas. I don't know what we're saving it for at this point, but why he didn't earlier. Um, but kind of the, uh, the, the, the play action pop pass, um, the, uh, the little Jordan cat, as I'm calling it, the, the LJC, um, the, the world's largest cat, um, big cat, the big cat, no little cat. Anyways, we'll get there. Um, the RPO, the run pass option slants to the, to the boundary side behind the linebackers that, uh, have been begging to be exploited all year. Um, it just, uh, great. I'm glad we did it. Like, thank you guys. But where's that been? Why haven't we done that? You know, wh- what if one of those plays could have sprung something in our, one a couple of our overtime or one possession losses uh, that would have been awesome. So maybe maybe that they're they're throwing the rest of it out for the last two games uh, of the year because you know there's nothing to hold back now. You got to win these games. Uh, I like what you said. Herman said is uh, you know you have to win one that at least one that you shouldn't. Um, and uh, at this point, you know West Virginia is a ranked team. They're the better team. I think if you had asked in the beginning of the season, Texas has more talent and probably is the the better team. Um, and I think, uh, Texas, we'll talk about the defense, but, uh, Texas defense usually makes them, uh, an option to go out and win any game. But, uh, I guess we can transition to that defensive yeah. play. What, uh, what were your biggest takeaways from that side of the ball? First off, if the defense doesn't come up with a pick six and a short field in the first quarter, this is a one point game. And this looks a lot a lot more like last year. So big ups to the defense, yep. not so big ups to the offense, man. That defense is really missing Holton Hill. They got, they got absolutely outclassed outside of Antoine Davis, who ended up being the big 12 player of the week, three interceptions, one in the end zone, a pick six like that dude for a guy who, who was a starter and then lost his spot. That's a heck of a story to see. And it makes me, yep. uh, it makes me happy to see a guy like that, but against a team that was only able to put up, three field goals against Baylor giving up this many points doesn't seem like a good good look for anybody you know giving up 27 points to a team that had scored nine via field goal the week before it just isn't isn't a good look from a team for a team that we were touting as you know probably the best if not a second best if not the best defense in the big 12 oh yeah the best defense in the big 12 um which is TCU definitely absolutely uh, walked this this Kansas uh, team off the field. So I think whatever thoughts we had that this you know was the best are now put to rest. I'll call a second. I feel uh, I guess confident with that because one game does not a season make. But uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think it changes the entire dynamic of the defense when you don't have a Holton Hill. Uh, I know scouts. Uh, what I've been hearing from inside the program is that the NFL scouts, uh, when they're calling, they're really asking uh, mainly about uh, Malik and, and Connor and how his kind of uh, healing and recovery is going. Um, from what I've heard, there hasn't been a ton of Holton Hill uh, talk, but you know uh, that to me is is contradictory to what I've seen on the field. And it wouldn't surprise me had the suspension not happened if Holton Hill was a uh, second round pick or you know a potential to finish the season strong and maybe sneak into the first round. Uh, The guy's a true lockdown corner. And when you play your defense in a way that uh, you effectively anchor the entire defense flows off of him. When you lock down the side of the field, you take out their best receiver. He did it time and time again against some of the best receivers in the country. You happen to play in this conference. And then you roll everything else against that, where you can have uh, Deshaun Elliott free to make, you know, the Earl Thomas plays all over the field um, to kind of be that Rover, to be, you know, a game, a game maker to have um, Boyd for all his faults, you know, uh, be active because people are throwing at him. Um, Had a couple decent games. 
um, you know, and it really allowed Bonnie to come in and look good. So there, there's some other guys, and it, and also that extra second of hesitation of the quarterback probably allowed our linebackers to look as good as they did when you get one extra step downfield and get to hit that QB. So it just changes everything. Um, like you said, great, great for Antoine Davis. That's you know, great story. I love to hear that. But uh, but you know. Ultimately, that also means we got to play other defensive backs. And Bonnie was hurt this week, so that meant that uh, Josh Thompson saw the field. And uh, he didn't do a lot for me aside from making me yearn for, I don't know, your uh, Blake Gideons or, or whoever in the past we used to kind of deride. <laughs> but now I would I would give my uh, my firstborn, uh, to be named later, I guess, uh, four. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what we do here. I hope we just... You know, we we really uh, key on the things that we do well because our, one of our biggest strengths is no longer going to be here the rest of the season. First off, your firstborn is going to be named Lil Gerald Carpenter, so let's just get that out of the way first. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, no, I mean a game like this shows you why Texas is spending five scholarships on on top 250 defensive backs i mean they've got the top two safeties in the country committed for 2017 because herman doesn't seem to be impressed with the defensive backfield you know they've got you know bj foster and caden stearns from from cibolo what's up fam uh glad to have you aboard no so it's it's a game like that that makes you see exactly why like i was so confused early on like why are they taking so many dbs and then you see that it's it's in spite of the numbers, it's pretty paper thin there. But let's let's use that to transition to West Virginia because the defense is going to be tested this weekend. The defense is 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 going to have a lot thrown at them. You know, Will Greer uh, is is arguably one of the best passers in in the Big Twelve, possibly the country. He's a heck of a quarterback. Didn't kind of came out of nowhere this year, and now he's you know, number four nationally at you know passing yards per game with three hundred forty four. Uh, so, Kyle, what what is what does West Virginia look like? Tech, like we said, Texas has to win either on the road early eleven a.m. in Morgantown or at home day after Thanksgiving at Tech to go to a bowl game. So, let's start with West Virginia. What what does Texas have to do to to get a W over West Virginia in one of, if not the toughest places to play in the conference? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before Iowa State going to Ames uh, at any time, but especially at night is is just a weird, unfun, unreal uh, experience in, in Morgantown at any time of the day. But uh, but definitely uh, Morgantown in the morning after a flight getting there. I think uh, Pittsburgh, maybe the closest airport. It's like nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a weird and a tough trip. Um, it's going to be tough. These guys are going to have to be up for it. Uh, I like that Tom Herman said in his presser that you know Will Greer is one of the best in the country, and and uh, it's true. But he's talking these guys up. I hope like he did with Iowa State, which at the time seemed kind of off. That you know this is a big team. They've done this. They've done that. Really kind of sold the uh, value of that of that team. Um, I I think he's going to get these guys. Hopefully not overlooking this. Um, basically West Virginia can still win the big 12 championship. Um, they have the hardest route to get there. They're tied for second with OSU and TCU. OSU has uh, maybe the easier, easiest route in with Kansas state and uh, Kansas left, but TCU has Baylor and Texas tech. And then West Virginia has Texas. Oh yeah. And OU next week. But if they can win both of those, uh, they can win a big 12 championship. So uh, this is a team that has a lot to play for. Um, and they're going to be looking to uh, to get after a Texas team that they kind of treat not quite like a rivalry, but I, I've known a couple of people who go to uh, go to West Virginia, and they they really this is one of their big games circled on the calendar every year. A lot of alumni come back for it. Uh, this is just a big one. So um, 
for me, I think, uh, I think we got to come in hundred percent, hundred ten percent, really play our best game defensively. Um, get a, get after Will Greer, um, and make just a couple plays on, uh, on offense, uh, one thing I will say is that you have to, against this team, turn turnovers into points. Um, five turnovers against Oklahoma State resulted in four touchdowns. That's one of three games they lost. Five turnovers, uh, two games, but against Iowa State and Kansas State, uh, that resulted in two field goals, and they won both of those. So it really does matter that when you get the ball uh, in good position against this team that you take advantage. First, we don't have to worry about Texas converting field goals on those. That's that's just not that's not what we do. Uh, no, I think you're right. And and Texas, I think I don't want to say lucked out because it's it's hard to call yourself lucky when you're staring down the barrel at a five and seven. But the fact that they're they're facing probably the three worst defenses in the conference to close the year when they need to win two of three is is fortuitous. We were looking at a pre-show and I was looking at the wrong team, but West Virginia is is ranked at the bottom of the country. They're 102nd out of out of the FBS schools. They're giving up 436 yards per game. So an offense that's struggling, getting to play three real terrible defenses to, to close the year. We'll talk about Tech next week, but they're, they're somehow worse than Kansas. And that's saying something. That is. So I, I think that's good. I think if Texas can find a way, again, getting Connor Williams back, he's arguably the most talented guy in the field. It's probably a toss-up between him and Malik. Probably Malik edges him, but I think a guy like Connor who can bench press, I think Tom Herman said 365, not bench press power clean 365 pounds like that guy's a freak like having him on your offensive line regardless of how rusty he is especially when that's been the, the need of consistency this year uh changes things it gives you some confidence it gives you uh, a lot especially in the running game when texas has been trying to get anything going to get some rhythm going on that side of the ball yeah and i'll throw a course of not so fast my friend in there when you say best player in the field because lest we forget uh michael dixon but uh but yeah i i uh I, I definitely know where you're going with that and i i hope so badly that we get him back i heard that uh he is in full pads uh, as mm-hmm. of uh, tuesday so that's going to be an incredible lift for the players um just getting that guy back with him your your warrior who you know a couple weeks ago you really thought man this guy will we ever see him again and to be playing next to him that's got to be good hopefully it'll be uh in coach speak a good week of practice <laughs> um, like Samuel Clemens Buffalo pep rally. Uh, we had a good week of practice. We're going to go out there and just uh, go buffs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited for that team. I think special teams now that I kind of mentioned it jokingly, but I think is going to be huge in this one. Um, we need to get the retor- return game sorted out a little bit. I personally didn't like Boyd at all back there as returner. Um, and obviously we didn't make a field goal as you alluded to. We missed our one attempt with, uh, our, our new, kicker um out there so it's uh i don't know maybe we just maybe we just try the the the, the drop kick try the Doug Flutie <laughs> drop kick. I don't know. we got to think outside the box here a little bit but uh one thing that i i am a little bit sad to report i we had it in the show notes here towards the end but uh we did have another injury in, with williams coming back it's some sad symmetry but uh it looks like dorian leonard probably uh his longhorn career is going to be over as the senior uh, had a pretty bad uh, fracture with his foot and so i uh, hate to hear that horns up for that guy and hope to hear great things about him after his career but yeah dorian leonard's a guy who could come back and maybe work out and make it make an nfl team as as you know 52 man or something like that he, he definitely has has the talent to do it he's he's had kind of an uphill battle and it's it's tough being a Charlie guy at this point, but let's let's move quickly yeah. on to to some other sports. We want to hit on a few other things just because there's a lot of cool stuff happening on the 40 acres. So the big one, 
probably the the best team on campus. Maybe it's it's arguable. <laughs> the the women's basketball team ranks second in the nation. Uh, they opened up the season in dominating fashion. They won ninety five to fifty nine uh, over Stetson to open the season. Soccer. Women's soccer continues their run in an NCAA tournament. I remember being on campus and like sitting on the edge of my seat at the selection show to, to find out when they would go. So this is really cool. Uh, they beat North Texas 3-0 in the opening round. They're going to play Clemson on Friday at 4 p.m. Uh, in North Carolina. Volleyball continues its terror. They beat a- they beat Iowa State in Ames uh, 3-1. That was a ranked matchup, number three, number 24. And the swimming and diving team. I've always contested that Texas is a swimming and diving school. Uh, the women ranked number, number two in the nation. Men's ranked number nine. They both put dominating performances up. So before we go, Let's go ahead and honor our favorite tradition, Kyle. Let's bang the drum real quickly. What do you got? Well, I will quickly, just real quick, go back because you forgot one. And I know they're not ranked, but uh, we said last week that we were going to be talking a lot about uh, this guy and this team. But the uh, the Texas Longhorn basketball team did come out and absolutely mollywop uh, Northwestern State, the Demons, 105 to uh, 59, I believe. How did so, I forget that? Just a little shout from my boy, Mo Bamba. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that more than anything. But, uh, yeah, they play Tuesday again against, I believe, University of New Hampshire um, Wildcats. So, yeah, they are looking good. Hopefully we'll get a, a number next to their name as well because they uh, were just outside the uh, the ranking. So, banging the drum, though, um, I did want to just point out there's a cool stat, um, a good stat, a good positive Texas stat, which is always fun. Texas has uh, five defensive touchdowns this season, which is a really, really, really cool thing. Uh, ties a school record set in 2000. We talked a little about uh, the other bang the drums um, about some of the kind of facets that went into that and what, what the, the change in culture and from Mac to Charlie and back and then some. Um, but uh, but yeah, first time since 2000, almost two decades ago, uh, they've had five defensive. So if they can get one in the uh, the next two games, they will set a new school record, uh, which is awesome. Still shows Texas is, uh, is D. DBU, which they changed their Twitter bio and some of the recruiting effort that that was the case, which I love that. Uh, so my bang the drum this week is a little more, a little more heady, a little more nerdy, um, but it's, it's not as good philosophy, I guess. So I was looking at just some weird stats. I love weird stats. So West Virginia is ranked this 120th number 120 nationally in time of possession, which is literally five from the bottom, just terrible. But uh, so they've been on the field for just over 270 minutes this season uh, and have scored a whopping 294 points, which which means that every uh, minute they're on the field, they're scoring a point, which is crazy to think about. So limit their time on the field and you can obviously limit it. That's like basic football. Uh, but compare that to to Texas, who is under one point a minute, a point nine seven, uh, which is feels crazy because you know West Virginia is one of the better offenses in the in the country definitely the conference and, and Texas is probably one of the worst just to put it plainly so the fact that there's not that big of a disparity between them uh, is is massive but you compare it to like a school like OU or OSU who OU is at 1.38 points per minute while OSU is a whopping 1.6 so Texas and West Virginia are pretty far off and it shows that you know, Texas was able to shut down these higher powered offenses. Granted, Holton Hill was there. Hopefully um, the defense can put up a, a performance against West Virginia like they did against two higher powered offenses that are that are more uh, capable of striking quickly. 
But that is all we've got this week for Longhorn Republic. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. If you like what we do, it means a ton. Again, if you leave us a rating or review, shares helps a ton with visibility. Share this with a friend, coworker, somebody you know loves Texas Longhorn sports. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter, and uh, they can actually find me over at Barking Carnival writing the weekly Texas pregamer. And this week, a little out of the normal, I uh, was contacted by uh, our basketball writers at that site uh, and were asking if I could uh, help out a little bit because I do cover the Spurs as well um, for SB Nation. Uh, but uh, So I'll be covering the New Hampshire Wildcats game, the aforementioned game, uh, coming up on Tuesday. So uh, look out for, for the gamer a recap after that. And uh, like I said, always follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can find the show on Twitter. We are at Longhorn Pod. You can shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Thank you so much for listening in this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Hook them.